Two brothers, when united, form the Disney Majors, fighting the powers of evil with their mouths. Here's your hosts, Jake and Eli Hollingsworth. All right, we're back, and we're ready to talk about the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. No. Sorry. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame from Paris. It's literally a pain to type out. It is. It takes five years. It's such a mouthful. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, dude. The bells of Notre Dame. Let's just skip to the good part. Bells of Notre Dame. It's a French movie. Oh, really? To the big bells as loud as the thunder. Thunder! Psalm! He's just making songs. That's enough. Um, we'll play some more later, maybe. But so our behind-the-scenes nugget for today—I should have done the behind-the-scenes nugget before we even started playing music. But um, yes, yeah, so our behind-the-scenes nugget for today is that in the original book, which yes, this movie is based off of a book. Of course, it is. Um, I'm just gonna give you also information on the book now. Haha. <laughs> um, so this movie is probably the darkest Disney movie out there. Like it—it it makes me uncomfortable when I watch it because really? of how dark it is. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um. But it's so the original book is a lot darker because the original book is just like a straight up tragedy. Uh, that's what it's meant to be. Like it, it's pretty, it's pretty um, weird. Let me explain it to you. So in the original book, like in the movie, both Frollo and Quasimodo fall in love with Esmeralda. Except in the book, Frollo orders Quasimodo to kidnap Esmeralda, and then he does. But it, it, their plan is thwarted, and then later uh, Esmeralda falls in love with Phoebus. Uh, except apparently he's not as charming as he is in the movie. And uh, Frollo is so mad that he makes an attempt on his life, so he tries to commit suicide. Uh, and I think he does. And then es- Esmeralda, it's blamed on Esmeralda. And so Esmeralda is hanged. Or no, he makes it, he tries to commit suicide, but he doesn't. And it's blamed on Esmeralda. And then Esmeralda is sentenced to death. And Quasimodo watches as she's hung. And then he gets Ooh. so mad that he hunts down Frollo and I think kills him. Um, and then late years later, they're like skeletons are found hugging each other or something like that. Something weird. Um, so the original book is very weird. That's weird. Dark. And dark. Yeah. So um, that's and then of course in the Disney version they had to change a lot of that stuff change because everything. This is a kids movie. And then they added in the gargoyles, which. I'm sorry. I don't think the gargoyles are funny. I don't think they're like I don't know, good. I I just don't think they you fit. Just don't like you just don't like them because you don't like their song. No, that's not the only reason. I just don't think they fit in this movie. Like it's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar problem with Pocahontas. Like they're just like. Oh, there's some tone issues with this one too. Because they yeah. try to go for a serious vibe, but then there's like a bunch of like 
cartoonish things that certain characters do. The gargoyles. Yeah, like I mean, like one. the gargoyles are meant to be comedic relief. There's a bunch of like, a bunch of like cla- like normal traditional Disney slapstick thrown into it. It just doesn't fit. Like I mean, the movie's just like incredibly serious, and then. They're just like, oh, this might be too serious for kids. Let's dial go it in. back. They 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 go for it. They have the guts for it, but then they dial. But then they get cold feet. And they're like, okay, we need to pull, we need to take it back. They're like, oh, but let's add in some funny sidekicks. Ha ha ha. So then they like it's. So it doesn't really fit. It's like we have this incredibly serious movie where Frollo literally the villain of the movie sings a song called Hellfire. That's the name of the song, and then. Um, we have these gargoyles doing all these, hey, silly, quietly, you're so mad, right? Yeah, like, like, I off, like you. Like, off to the side. It's so, like, I think it has the same, a similar problem with uh, Pocahontas. So, There's like, when I was watching issues. it this time, I was just like, yeah, the gargoyles, I just don't think they're funny either. Like, like there's other Disney sidekicks that are funny, like Flounder, Sebastian. Mushu. Uh, Mushu. Like, all Genie. these are, yeah, of course, Genie, because he's, like, the most amazing Disney sidekick ever, but... Um, like these gargoyles, I don't think they're funny at all. And it's weird because you have the, these are the same directors who directed Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, like they did Beauty and the Beast, and this was their next um project. Well, that's not what's hunting It's interesting how they chose this source material. And it's uh like the side characters are not nearly as fun. Like in Beauty and the Beast, you have Lumiere, you have Cogsworth, you have Mrs. Potts, you have uh, yeah, you have all those Chip. All those people, then the here they're not as entertaining because like the gargoyles are not. I couldn't even tell you a single one of their names. Yeah, I know. I did like the one who was like the tall one with like wings. Uh, all of them have wings. Uh, okay, whichever one was the taller <laughs> one. Uh, the like the that, guy. that guy. Yeah, okay. I liked him the best. Maybe it looks more like a gargoyle than me than the other ones. Um, like yeah, I just t- the gargoyles didn't work for me. First of all, there's just basically, basically just things of his imagination almost. Well, yeah, well, that's the theory. That's but- the implied reason so and then they have this song a guy like you okay so this is quasimodo's feeling down about esmeralda and they're just like a guy like you so they have to to sing this song to to like hype him up and be like hey you're a good guy um and it's a total friend like me knockoff i'm sorry i don't care what anyone says this song is a complete ripoff of friend like me from aladdin like no joke it is called what is it called it's called a guy like you Kind of like friend like me, huh? Maybe. And then here's the other thing: the person who did the music for this movie, Alan Menken, is the same guy who did the music for Aladdin, huh? So he's kind of ripping off of himself almost. And like the imagery and the way that the scene plays out, where they're singing the song, look very similar, oddly similar to Friend Like Me. So I just think it. it, it listen to it. It just sounds. It's. Oh my goodness. French food. French music. Uh-huh. Maybe not this beginning part. You know, I am French, right? Paris. No, you're not. I am French. Uh-huh. I am from Paris. I never told you this, see, like. Shush, I want to hear the song. That's because it's on fire. But still, there's Somewhere out there in the night, her heart is also a light. <laughs> and I know the guy, she just might be burning. I think he's also got a few BR Yes vibes here. Yes! 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 You've got a look. That's all your own kid. Could there 
happy too Like you, no way But those other guys That she Yes, that totally has Be Our Guest vibes as well Like the whole like him talking And then they're playing like French Like dun, dun, like like that in the background It's very Be Our Guest vibes It's that, almost like a mix of Friend Like Me and Be Our Guest Yeah, kind of yeah, that that scene, um, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that that scene, that that song, I have beef with because it sounds exactly like. I do feel like you overreacted that a little too much, but I can see where you're coming from. And then, so we have the whole thing with Esmeralda, and I thought she was, I thought she was a good character though. She was fine, yeah. Um, I just don't like how none of these characters are very memorable for their voice. Like, the genie, Robin Williams embodied the genie 100%. The genie and Robin Williams were inseparable. Like, he completely took on that character and made it his own, and that's why it's so memorable. But these characters are just, like, popular celebrities at the time, I guess, but I couldn't even tell you any of their names. I don't know any, I don't know any of their names. Like, I don't know who any of these people are, and their voices, there's nothing really memorable about the performances that much. Like, Phoebus kind of sounds like he's a robot a little bit. Like, he sounds kind of robotic. He's like John Smith, basically. He's like, yeah, he's like John Smith, and he's like uh, Prince Eric from Little Mermaid. You're calling Prince Eric boring? He's kind of boring, yeah. <gasps> it's Christopher Daniel Barnes. Yeah, it doesn't change. Spider-Man. doesn't change boring writing. The voice does not change boring writing. It's still Spider-Man. I don't from care. The 90s Spider-Man He's cartoon. boring. He doesn't do anything. Damn. Well, Prince. that's true. So, um, yeah, he kind of reminds me of those two. Like, he's just kind of like... Eh. Maybe he's your descendant. Um, maybe, yeah. The whole... Maybe there's going to be a Disney theory on the horizon. Um, similar to the Pixar theory. Please, no. Um, so, we have... Like, he's, he's a little bland... Hunch Esmeralda as a character, I guess she's fine. But again, like these are real people, so there's nothing really memorable. I thought about she was good. Like this Frollo movie, was a good villain. Frollo, this, I thought was a, was the best character in the movie. I think he's a very good intimidating villain. Oh yeah, he's a he's a villain, Great all right. Villain. Um, but I feel like this movie could have benefited from being live action. Like this would work better as a live action movie than it would an anime. If they had made it like this, like a live action, yeah, live. Well, they are making a lot. Well, they are. Well, it's happening anyway, so it probably could work better in live action. I mean, what's the point of um a lot? Like, what you could because these are just a bunch of real human beings. So well, so this is a movie that could benefit from a remake because this is one that has a cult following. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of a lot of people's favorite Disney films. Like I mean, because this whole but movie... some people don't like it either. Like I don't think I think I don't think it did too well. When it came out, but it has a cult following, and people say it's like people like it. So this one could benefit from having live action because it could fix a few of the issues that this original has. Yeah. So I mean, like the the um, uh, the movie itself is just a bunch of just about a bunch of humans, um, and there's nothing really, in my opinion, there's nothing here that makes it deserve to be animated. Like it, it, this could easily be a live action. Well, movie. the, the, the gargoyles. Yeah, the only thing you could say is the gargoyles. But then again, they could just be cut out, and the movie would still work just fine. Um, and I think it would benefit from not having these silly sidekicks dragging the movie down because there's already enough little comedic moments, like between Quasimodo and Phoebus. The little scenes were there together; those were funny, well done, like highbrow humor. And other interactions were funny. Like, there's other 
funny scenes sprinkled throughout, and then there's just forced silly humor of the gargoyles, which in my opinion does not work at all. So you could kind of cut them out of the movie, and the movie would still do just fine. Like maybe yeah. you could change a little thing here or there, but the movie would still be just fine without the gargoyles. And they're really the only thing that makes the movie deserve to be animated. Like a lot, and you could say a lot, like oh, what's there? Well, it's just the genie there as a sidekick. But you also have, like they have a lot. We have Yaga. Yeah, you have a boo and you like the movie is so rooted in a cartoony style. Like everything about the movie is stylistic, it's caricatured, it's cartoony that it, it's a two-faced son of a jackal. Yeah. It's it, it, it a lot, everything about Aladdin deserves to be animated. But this movie, it's realistic. It's the characters are human beings. The only thing that's not human is the gargoyles and they're you could cut them out. Um, so the, I think this movie would benefit from being live action and cutting the gargoyles out. Those are the things that I would do to fix this movie. Um, and I'm not saying that it's broken. Like, not saying, oh, I need to fix yeah. this movie because it's a... But I can see what you're saying. Like, this, this, like, this could have easily been live action if you take the gargoyles out. It just kind of bothers me that it's an animated movie. Like, it's just, it's just so boring in the media of animation where things are supposed to be more stylistic. Things are supposed to be cartoony and zany and a little bit more wacky. It's way too serious to be. In this movie, yeah, it's so serious. It's so grounded in reality that it doesn't really deserve to be a cartoon, in my opinion. It could easily be live action. You just remove the gargoyles. Which I hope that's what they do in the live action one that they're doing. Which they probably won't. I'm probably not going to change a thing. It's probably just going to be a shot-for-shot shot remake. Well, I think they're starting to get better at that now with live action. Because like, the Mulan was pretty different. Uh, but it doesn't make it good. <laughs> yeah, it's still... <laughs> Mulan changed things, but it didn't make it better. I still haven't even seen the live action Mulan. Oh, you don't want to see it. It's, you... I know, I'm not watching it. Why do you think I haven't watched it? I think it's been almost two years I've never even touched it. Oh, my goodness. That movie was... Oh, and the Rooster, was... But the Rooster Brothers have been saying that they're going to keep the original songs from the original Hercules, but they're going to just change the story. Yeah, which I'm excited for that. that... The, I have faith in the Rooster Brothers. Did the Rooster Brothers say that, that I have faith in them? I trust them, yes. Yeah, they directed, they directed Avengers Endgame, you guys. And they're doing Hercules. So, Hercules! One, which that's our next movie, by the way. <gasps> that's right! Woo! Hercules, finally. I'm looking for So, I mean, come on, that's a very different movie from The Avengers. So, I have faith that they'll, that they'll make it different from the original one while keeping the same songs that we know and love. Yeah. That you um, get Josh Keaton to be young Hercules. So, again. This movie, though, there is a lot to like here. Like, yeah, I mean, there, there's some mature themes. I can it's, see why people would like this because it's a lot more mature than most Disney films. I can see why people would, make, would choose it as their favorite film. I mean, because, again, Alan Menken did the music. Again, he's my favorite composer of all time. So, of course, the music is well done. I don't think it's Alan Menken's best by any means because, like, at, like none of the songs are really stand out a whole lot to me. Except for the um, Just One Day. That's the one I'd say is memorable. Yeah, that song I would and probably say. Hellfire. And Hellfire. Okay. Those two are memorable. I think that's about it. But, I mean, and The Bells of Notre Dame. And I guess A Guy Like You, but... No. Not A Guy Like You. I, for, I forgot that. Yeah, no, probably not. So, other than that, like, the songs are kind of forgettable. And... It's hard for me to like. They're not very catchy. Like they're not just like you can be like, um, you ain't never had a friend like me. Like it's or you can even be like Hakuna Matata. Like what a wonderful friend. Yeah, it's like it's not. You can just be like, oh despair, one desire. Like it's 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 like I can't sing along to these songs. They're just people belting their hearts out as professional singers, and I'm not a professional singer, so. 
can't sing right. along. Can't sing along with these people, so it's just kind of like the songs aren't very catchy. And every song, like after every song ends, they always play the uh, dun 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 dun. Like after every song, and then we fade to bl- and then we fade to black. Like we we pan away from the character as it's like ah. It looks like a stage show. And yeah, it's like a Broadway show. It, it should be a Broadway show. It shouldn't be a cartoon. They made a Broadway show out of it, actually. I know. Well, they yeah, made it. It was, it was more in line with the book, too. Yeah. Well, after the movie came out, it was such a boogie show. Um, like, it's, it's, it's every time the character, like, finishes a song, we pan away from them and we fly up to the sky as it's like, dun, 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 dun. Don't do dun, dun, like, dun all the time. Like, every time. That kind of sounded like How to Train Your Dragon when I was singing it. <laughs> uh, no. So, overall, even though there are some... I mean, the songs... So, the songs are fine. Yeah. And the story itself is pretty good. Like, I can see I can see the appeal. I, can't, I, I mean, I actually, I guess. This movie doesn't really appeal to me a whole lot. Like, this, do you think it's as, like, awesome? Uh, no, it's like, not... what do you think about it? Awesome... But I think it's a good. I think it's. Just, I think it's good because it's actually a pretty mature. It's very more mature story. I'm sure there's some still some typical Disney humor that they throw into it because it's a Disney film. They're like, oh yeah, kids watch these too, along with, along with adults. Yeah, so. exactly. It's and like put some stuff to appeal to children, but still they do manage to do to tackle some mature things really well, even though they're limited because this is basically a film for all ages. So they're very limited on how much they can do with the mature. Yeah, and I think it's side. but it's, they do a good job with what they're able to do because they lean really heavily into the Catholic side of it. So that, I'm surprised that they were able to, able to do that. And I'm surprised that people like it. Because and they of lean that. into the gypsy. And I'm surprised that I'm surprised that they were able to lean into like the gypsies thing. That's like that's like a which I mean creepy thing. People, um, the movie itself, the whole movie has this just sense of grandiose and scale. It feels. Massive. It feels like the the music feels big. Well, that's probably feels... because the people who made Beauty and the Beast did this movie. Yeah, exactly. The same. It has the same feeling and tone of Beauty and the Beast, where there's just sense of like big, huge, swelling music that like elevates the feeling of the movie itself to where it feels just just big and powerful. Uh, accredited to Alan Menken who did the music, he does this just big sweeping score. And although some of the songs can be forgettable, and I don't know, maybe the, I don't think the music is the greatest. It still elevates the tone of the movie, feeling just big. And the lyrics big. are not very memorable either. Yeah, like I can't remember what any of these people are saying. So, like the main most of the movie takes place in this giant bell tower, and the animation is beautiful. Like this is some of the best animation that we've seen from Disney feature animation. And we got this big swelling music and these mature themes and these, I guess, relatable characters, even though, like, I mean, I, they're fine. So they're a little bit more two-dimensional than some of the other Disney characters that we know, but they're still good and relatable. Yeah. So we have this giant setting and this giant sense of scale elevated by this massive, booming, swelling music. And a very intimidating villain who is a literal villain. Yeah, like, I mean, we've got these dark villain themes with, like, good villain stuff, and the characters are fine, and the story itself is good. It brings these mature, rich themes. So the movie itself is a a masterclass in filmmaking, but 
One, it would benefit from being in live action. Two, the gargoyles don't really serve the movie that well. You could take the gargoyles out and it really wouldn't change that much. I would definitely be missing it's a song. Yeah. And what gives Quasimodo the courage to break out the chains. Yeah. Got these chains on me. <laughs> um, so the those are would be my complaints. And also, like, the... Again, it's it might be a little bit too dark for my 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 well, complaint like, I just is don't really the whole tone of the movie just feels icky. My like one I, complaint my, my complaint with that movie is that I wish it did something that made it stand out more and make it more memorable. And two, I wish it would have made it. I wish it could have gone a little bit farther into the mature side. Like I feel like they had taken some of this stuff, like taking taking out the gargoyles. I feel like they taken out the gargoyles and taken out some of the slapstick humor that Disney's known for. Then it could have been a lot more a lot more. In line with the book, while yeah, I mean, still staying to the Disney. Typical and I mean, Disney for me personally, style. it's it might just be a case of just the movie just doesn't appeal to me. Like I mean, I'm watching this movie and just the tone and the whole feel of it is it it just makes me feel icky watching it. Like I'm I don't feel good right now. <laughs> I don't it's I don't know what it is or what like what it is about the movie, but. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, I don't feel good. I don't feel happy. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm well, like. Well, that's gonna be a big contrast to the next movie that's literally coming up. Oh, next the week. whole movie, I'm like, yes! um, because it's got like this gospel music. It's like Hercules, like, and in this movie, I'm just like, this uh, just going. Ah. I'm like, I feel like I've like murdered it's someone. Like Catholic. I feel it's kind like... of guilty watching this movie. <laughs> like it's just, it's a little bit weird. Like I'm like. I don't know what it is, but I'm just I just don't like the the vibe that this movie is giving me. I'm like, yeah, eh, eh, like ah, uh, I'm just kind of like squirming while I'm watching it. It's a little weird, um, but I guess I can see how it would appeal to some people because it's a it's a well made film. Like it's not like it's poorly made. It's just no, it's not poorly made at all. It's just there's nothing here that pops that really appeals to us and makes it pop. Yeah, for us, for us personally, there's nothing here that makes me go, "Yes, I absolutely love that." Give me more. Like it's just kind of like, okay, sure, it's good. I can see the appeal, kind of, um, but overall, for me, it needs something more to make it pop and stand out. Most because at least in the cartoon genre, like in the cartoon genre, things are made to be, you know, like. It's zany Light and wacky and, and, and expressive, and it's just like for an animated movie, it's kind of just drab and boring. But if we're if we're a live action, it would work a lot better because live action is more reserved and more like not as like wacky and and uh, zippy. You could say like bam, bam, bam. Like it's, just, it's more reserved and more realistic and more grounded in reality, and that's what this movie is. And they decided to make it animated, so contrasted with Hercules, like. Which has a very stylistic and zany and, and wacky vibe to it. Contrasted with that, which is another animated movie, which is what we're going to talk about next, it just feels like it should be live action. It just feels kind of drab for an animated film. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a mistake making animated. It should have been live action. Um, but overall, it's pretty good. Like, it's, it's, it's not, again, it's not poorly made. It's just it doesn't appeal to me as much. Yeah, so, same. What would I you give it? It's about seven out of ten. Seven not out of ten. terrible, not amazing, but it's a good solid watch. It's not a, it's not a bad watch either. I'd probably give it yeah a seven. I'd probably say a seven. That's a seven, just a seven. No, no seven point five. Just just a seven. That's that's where it falls for me. Yeah, solid seven out of ten. Yeah. 
So, that's our thoughts on the Hunchback of Notre Dame from Paris. <laughs> so, thank you guys for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to watch Eli at Hollywood Enterprise. Watch me at JBHG. Watch us at Minecraft Madness, which never gets posted on anymore. The Nostalgia Freaks and the Movie Majors YouTube channel. We're still going to do our two-year anniversary live stream this April. We still haven't figured out on a topic, but we'll get to, we'll figure it out soon. We just have to really sit down and think about it. And so, keep watching this podcast. Be sure to check out the X-Files podcast that I have with Eli Spencer. Be sure to check out the spectacular spider nerd podcast i have with myself and And you'll hear us real soon all right we're back i'm ready to talk about pocahontas from when did this come out 1995 oh 1995 right uh yeah so we're ready to talk about that today i know this is a day late but you don't have to worry about that because we're coming at you like a movie in 3d yeah uh so First of all, our behind-the-scenes nugget for today for Pocahontas is that some people may not know this, but actually the voice of Thomas, the little clumsy boy who uh, may, be, has shoot a gun. may be considered an antagonist to the to our main heroes, but that's debatable, um, is actually played by Christian Bale, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. That guy. Um, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. That's what he um, does. Yeah, so he Christian Bale, who is actually... A lot of people don't know that. It's like people remember like Mel Gibson... And like other voice actors that were in this movie, but then the, but they don't know that Christian Bale was in that because Christian Bale I think is like an English actor, and so when he voiced Thomas, that was just him using his normal voice, and no one know, knew it was him. And he was also a lot younger. Yeah, he was a lot younger, and he was just using his normal voice, so no one knew that it was Christian Bale. And Christian Bale is really good. Christian Bale is probably one of my favorite actors of all time. Because like even though he did play Batman, no one just sees him. Whenever he's in a movie, no one just sees him as Batman. Everyone just sees him as, like, a different person. Like, he is a true actor. Like, he is so good. I really like his work. So, uh, Pocahontas. Now, I we mentioned last episode that Lion King was a lot more successful than Pocahontas was. And this was... And it's hard... It's hard to think, like... Like, it's because, like, this is, like... Cause, like, like you guys said, like, the, at the time, the company thought this was going to be their slam dunk genius idea. Yeah. Pocahontas, and then when watching it, Nat, watching this movie, you can be—it's almost easy to be like, "This was their big grand idea." This was their, yeah. This they were so confident in this movie, and um, I think it did fine. It was, it's, it's fine. It's like, fine. The biggest criticism that it get that it gets is that it uses the same story template that so many things use, like where the big warrior settles down with the native culture and. It has to learn humility, like we've seen in Avatar and so many other different movies. Even Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, like he learns they're not so bad after all. Even Book of Boba Fett did this plot line. It's yeah, insane. Exactly. In 1607, we sailed the open sea. Come on. You know the words. Actually, you probably don't. I don't even know the words. I don't even, I don't even know the words. Alright, that's enough. Um, so one good thing about this movie is that Alan Menken did the, the music. music. Did, the music in this movie is actually really good. Alan Menken did the music for this movie, and Tim Rice did the lyrics. Just the same crew who did uh, Aladdin. Which, also, I'm which, surprised, real quick, I just want to say, I'm surprised that Alan Menken didn't do music for Lion King. But then I remember, oh wait, all the A-team went to 
Pocahontas, so that means Alan Menken went yeah. to Pocahontas <laughs> also. So now I'm, I was, I'm now I all remember like, oh, okay, that's why Alan Menken didn't do the music for Lion King because he because he was part of the A team. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, Aladdin. What? Uh, Alan Menken always brings top tier music because he's a genius and he's awesome. Uh, and Tim Rice, again, I've said this before. He's also a very good lyricist himself. Like he's is very good. If there's anyone to replace Howard Ashman, which no one can replace Howard Ashman because he's awesome. Um, Tim Rice, though, since they had to replace him, Tim Rice was certainly the man to do it because he is also a genius and uh, he is very good at what he does. Like he, he is also very smart and clever and witty with his lyrics in a different way than Howard Ashman uh, was. So Tim Rice did the lyrics for the music and Alan Menken did the music for the music, uh, which sounds weird, but that's what he did. And um, I don't I wouldn't say this is his best work by any means. I mean, I always love Alan Menken's work. Little Shop of Horrors, Aladdin, of course, all the Disney stuff that he does. Uh, but this music, some of, some of the music I would say is hit or miss. Some of the songs are hit or and miss. And I would never say that it's his fault. Um, I'd never fault him because, I mean, you know, he's perfect in every way. But um, <laughs> uh, in this movie, I wouldn't say, because the thing with his music in this movie is it doesn't feel as, like... Big and, big and sweeping. Well, I mean, actually, it is, it is the best part of this movie, I'd say, is the music. Yeah, the music is pretty good. Um, but there are some pretty good songs. Savages, I think, is is my favorite one. Yeah, Savages. Savages is, Savages is, a really is awesome. Good song. Here, I can play that in a second. But it's kind of like it's it's a re- really great music and soundtrack. So it's like a really good. It's just wrapped in a boring movie. Like everything in this movie, besides the music, is just bland, bland. basic. There's nothing really new or inventive going on here. Yeah. Um, and it's and, just, it's just kind of a, just a bland, basic, just basic base. premise that has been replicated so many different times. So this, many yeah. Movies. This may have been the first one to do this concept, which it might've been, but it might've been, but I know that a bunch of other movies have been have now. Been yeah. Nowadays, a lot of movies have done the same concept, the same premise over and over, over and over again. And, and some people story. have done it better than this movie. Avatar is the big one that did this plot line. Even Book of Boba Fett did this plot line. Even like, and, and Avatar is was the highest grossing movie of it all time. It still is actually now. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, it is. Endgame beat it, but then Avatar took it back. I think they, re- I think that something happened. I don't know what happened. I know something happened that Avatar beat Endgame. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I'm that's serious. funny. Uh, maybe they're gonna re-release Endgame to try and compete. Um, no, <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Uh, but like other movies have done the same concept better, so. I mean, the songs are good. The if they were in a better good. movie, they'd be more likable. But here, because the movie is so basic and just base level, it stuff, kind of just oh, the guy realizes that these native people they think are so primitive are not so bad after all. And then you have the thing with Pocahontas: follow your path, choose your path, go the way you want to go. Yeah, like it's just it's a mix of things, but they're all so basic. But there's also a, a big tonal shift in a lot of scenes like you have like the character like pokemon and john smith up being all so serious and everything and then you have like her animal sidekicks is being all goofy and yeah we devote we devote this whole it's almost a subplot it is because it is a subplot to the the side animals and like the raccoon and the hummingbird and the dog becoming friends and like like it's just i didn't even think the raccoon was funny in the slightest and the humming, the raccoon and the hummingbird. I didn't even think they were funny. Every time they came on screen, I was just like, "Wow, this is not funny." This is weird. 
Like usually Disney animal sidekicks or you know sidekicks in general are really funny and they're like one of the best. A parts lot of, of them the movie. are funny, but here they're just just like not. I did not find them funny at all, and which is a shame because. Eric Goldberg co-directed this movie, the king of animation, probably my favorite animator at Disney, and he, one of my favorite animators at least, if he's not my favorite because he's awesome, and this movie, the side characters and everything just feels so bland and basic, like so bland and basic, uh, like it's just, it's, and uh, for a company like Disney, and especially at this time, who is known for pushing the boundaries, expanding their limits, like pushing the medium of animation and film as a whole, for this just to be so basic is is kind of it's kind of a little it's, bit. It's, it's it's off putting to be yeah a little watch, bit. It doesn't feel like a movie that should have come out this time. I mean, some scenes are animated pretty well, but for the most part, it is kind of a very, very basic story premise. I mean, maybe this shows that Eric Goldberg shouldn't have been in the directing seat and should have stayed in the animation seat. I don't know if that's what it is, but I mean. For, like, he animate, he was the supervising animator for The Genie, and he is probably the best and most well-animated animated character of all time, and I think that's pretty much unanimous. <laughs> um, and for him to come and direct this movie and have everything just be so basic is, like, it, I wouldn't expect that. So, again, maybe it's just because he's in the director seat, not the animation seat. Um, who knows, but... Well, sometimes this proves, this is, this, it's been proved that this can work, because... Um, what's his face? Tony Bancroft, who animated Kronk in like Emperor's New Groove, he animated Kronk. And was supervising animator directed, for Pumbaa. Yeah. yeah, and he animated, he directed Mulan, and that was pretty good. So that can work. Yeah. But, and Mulan is a great movie. Yeah, it's good, which we'll, get, which we'll get to, which we get there when we get there. I mean, you know, everyone's different, so maybe, I don't know. But Eric Goldberg is certainly one of my favorite animals, anim- animators ever. And to see him make this movie and just have it be, you know, not amazing is a little bit disappointing, but I still love Eric Goldberg because he's awesome. Um, also, John Smith, probably the most boring character. Well, John Smith is one of the most boring characters The ever. other character is like the one who wants to marry Pocahontas. He's just... Bo- yeah, Taka Pow Pow or whatever his name is. The, the guy Swanto. who's... No, it's not Swanto. The guy who's supposed to marry Pocahontas, he is probably the most boring character I have he ever seen because in any movie... I have ever watched. They just they use the trope of like the person she has to marry some other guy, and they but like usually sometimes they make him like a jerk or like a, a cool guy, something like that. But this year he's just boring. This year, like I said, here oh, he's this just year. Okay, oh uh, yeah, like this guy. I don't know what the plan was or what they were doing, but this guy is he doesn't even have. He's not like the cool. Yeah, you're like you said, he's not like the cool jock guy, or he's not like a bad person, or like no, I definitely want to marry him. He just has nothing there. He's just like, is Pocahontas okay? Well, that's, well, that's actually kind of the same for a lot. Of, that's kind of the same for a lot of the characters in this movie. Is that they don't have anything there that make them pop? Yeah, no. Like a lot, like, of, like John Smith, very boring. And what highlights that fact is he literally sounds like a text-to-speech voice. <laughs> Like he's like he does a little Pocahontas. Bit. I'd rather die. No, wait, oh no, I'd rather die tomorrow than go my whole life not knowing you. And then there's supposed to be a song there. Like I'm like, did you even care? <laughs> Were they even paying you anything? They're just like, here, come in, uh, record these lines. He's just like, I would rather die than live my life without knowing you. Cut. Perfect. Like you're done. That takes a tremendous amount of skill to not put any emotion into that. Like what? <laughs> Is he just some random bum off the Because I know that Mel Gibson is a very esteemed actor. Or like, everyone talks about him. So, did, like, and then he just... I, it's, 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 yeah, he just sounds like a robot. That's what he sounds like. 
And the animation is just, like, the animation in this movie, nothing really here really pops at all either in the animation. And again, coming from Aaron Goldberg, like, the king of zany, cartoony, cool animation, which I guess you get that in the raccoon and the hummingbird, you could say. But it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Yeah, because like, the rest dive of the movie, bombing off of a waterfall. Yeah, or, like, this movie, the human characters are so much more realistic than, like, any of the other 2D animated They kind movies. of are, yeah. Like, like, look at Aladdin, for instance. That was the last human animated movie to come out before this. Like, they has a much more cartoony uh, style to it. Yeah, like everyone's here, eyes are like... Really here deep. they go for a much more realistic and serious tone. And then you have these animals going off and doing these other things that totally does not fit at all. It's and very tonal. Like, you can, like, look at me like, this is really weird to look at. Like, with the to- big tonal shifts in between scenes. Yeah, and I guess you could forgive it if it was, like... Uh, like minutes, like a few minutes apart from each other, or like spaced out well. But it's like, oh, I'm never gonna see you again, Pocahontas. Oh, I'm so sorry, blah blah. And then we cut immediately to these raccoon and this hummingbird just going off doing random things, and it's just like, this kind of like ruins the emotion of the scene. Kind of cuts and also, the, kind of cuts the, the emotional climax of this movie is so underwhelming. Like, there's no big battle. They no way fights out. There's at this all. big. Okay, so yeah, here we let's play Savages real quick because again, the music That's is the best song. part of this movie. It's so good. Where savages, savages. Ah, here it is. There it is. Part one. La, la, la. Ooh, the suspense. What can you expect from filthy See, this song is awesome. Their whole disgusting race is like a curse. Yeah. Their skins are hellish red. They're only good when dead. They're vermin, as I said, and worse. Yeah, so, um, so, like, this song is, you can definitely tell that this is Tim Rice's just wheelhouse of fun lyrics that are interesting and engaging, and they make sense, um, so we can play more of that a little bit. That was Jim, that was Jim Cummings singing. Yeah, I mean, Jim Cummings sings for so many people, um. But yeah, I mean, the emotional climax of Savages, we get this big long thing with this big build-up to this battle that's going to happen between the Indians. But then it's they had to set- put in this thing where um, Pocahontas saves um, St. John Smith. Like, so that actually did happen in the real in real life. Yeah. Like, the real life Pocahontas did do that. But they put that in there. It kind of cuts the tension because they're building up to this big fight. Like, oh, well, it's okay. So, so it's this, it's, the whole movie has been leading up to this. This big battle between John Smith, between the not, John, not just John Smith, <laughs> between the Indians and the Americans and, and well, Englishmen. Like, they weren't Americans yet. Englishmen, yeah. This whole it's been what this whole movie has been building up to, and Pocahontas steps in and stops the whole thing just by jumping on John Smith. And, and John, I'm sorry, John Smith was just like, um, excuse me, can you please get off? Risk squishing my head. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but the whole movie it doesn't even have any build up. It's build up to the battle. But there's no, like, sign before this that maybe there's some good in these men that they can change. Like, Pocahontas just comes in, stop! And they're just like, okay. Um, so, it's, it's kind of, like, underwhelming, and it's a bit disappointing. Like, yes, this big battle is about to commence, and then it doesn't. And it's just uh, the governor guy just throws the little spear at the Indian chief, Powhatan, I think that's the name, and then John Smith jumps away and he gets injured. Like it's just kind of like it's like big battle. Oh, uh, spear, death. stab. Like it's, well, not spear. It's just he gets shot. Like, it's just it just totally undercuts the whole. It's stakes. also underwhelming because like well, I know this is a kids movie, but still, you get, you, a lot of times the characters in the movie will get shot and they don't show anything. 
Yeah, like <laughs> like when uh, the sometimes the, they'll have their hand over where they were shot, which but other times they don't, and it's just weird. Yeah, like when the Indian guy uh, that who was supposed to marry Pocahontas when Pocahontas, he dies, when he dies, he just there's no covering or anything. He just falls into the river, and there's nothing. It's like where did no he blood. shoot him? If where was he I don't, shot? I don't see anything. He just get like a huge like seizure or something. It's just. It, like, maybe they were playing a game, and he was just like, pew, and they, oh, you shot me, I'm dead. Well, then they burned his, well, then they burned him alive. Well, then that would imply that they burned him alive, then. Exactly, yeah. They were playing a sick, twisted game. <laughs> um, I guess. But other times, burn, they'll cover actually, it up, which makes it believable. Did they actually burn his body? They actually did burn his body. Uh, so, like, and I get it, and it's not really a big, that's just a little nitpick. That's a little nitpick, that's a nitpick, I guess. It's like, it's, I mean, if they cover it up, that makes, that's, that's a, they get a, I'll let that slide. They, sometimes they'll cover it up, I'll let that slide. But, like, other times, like, when he dies, they don't cover it up at all. It's just so kind it's, of funny to point out, just be like, huh, it doesn't have any Magic blood. wounds. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, it's just, um, oh man, what, like, the, the big finale, and to, and to give reference to this, Beauty and the Beast also had a similar thing. It has a very similar. It's the battle similar. between the village folk and the castle. And they have even have a song about it too, like where the villains like are rallying the, yeah. everybody up. Yeah, they had the villain song where the villain rallies everybody up to go fight in this big battle. But Beauty and the Beast followed through on the battle. We actually get to see it. We actually get to, get to see, see it. See the castle people fighting. Here against the is town no folk. battle, and all yeah. these people betraying the government. It's a very similar scenario. It's a build up with the song where the villains rallying up the people to go fight, and then it doesn't happen, and we just get a little. Ah! And oh, and uh, yeah, like it's it, just, it definitely undercuts the stakes of the movie to where it's the emotional climax. But it and also another thing about this movie, and I don't like bashing it. It's not that it's not that bad. But like another thing about it is it's very historically inaccurate. Yeah, because Pocahontas is like that's the thing. Twelve so, in real life when John Smith came, and here she's like I want to say like nineteen. Yeah. See. Yeah. See, so here's the thing. Like with that, um, with. Was you you were saying that before they had the thing where she saves John Smith because that was historically accurate. That was the one part that was historically accurate. But, but that's like the worst part of the movie story wise. And then like the whole movie has been historically ac- inaccurate up to this point. And all of a sudden, let's throw in a historically accurate reference. And it's just yeah. like if the whole movie has been historically inaccurate up to this point, you can change that part. <laughs> Yeah, you could if you wanted to. And like, because they changed Pocahontas, they literally changed Pocahontas' age, and they changed who she falls in love with. So she actually fell in love with Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Got which married she, to him. Which she does fall in love with. And the direct video sequel, from what I've heard, I haven't seen that, but I know she falls in love with, with him in the second one. Yeah. But here, if you're, but that's just weird. They're, they're being historically inaccurate, but then they fix that in the next one, which is a little odd. Yeah. So, but, but, I, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, because like, sometimes movies will be historically inaccurate because they want to do some creative things with it. Yeah, which that makes sense. I guess that's fine, but still, it's a little weird. But like, I, know I mean, yeah. Again, so if if the whole movie is historically inaccurate, and then you get here and you're just like, oh, let's make it accurate now. Like the part, the only part of the movie that's historically accurate is the worst part of the movie. <laughs> like that, that is the worst part of the movie because it does it just totally undercuts the entire tension and the climax of the movie that we've been building to for the past like forty five minutes. So <laughs> it's just kind of like just like oh, um, okay, I guess we're done now. And then, jo- and then Pocahontas and John Smith don't even get together, which I get it is historically accurate. But why now? At the very end of the movie, we're already like, oh, okay, this movie's going for creative liberty. Okay. And then it's like, what? Now it's historically accurate? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. Historically inaccurate up to this point, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, let's throw in historical references. Then it just doesn't really make any sense. Like, it's Not really. Just, that's just if, I was, if I've been like, I don't know. Um, I can't even get it. Uh, analogy but if I, i've been hitting you for an hour straight and there's 
15 minutes left in the movie. Okay, uh, we're best friends now. Like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Why? So, I mean, I know you feel like bashing this movie like for like most of this review, but it's not that. It's not all bad. It's just not one that it's connects just to not, me. It's not like a one that pops. Like this one's it's okay. Is what I would say about it. It's just kind of like a middle of the middle. Tier. There's not any huge big mistakes made. But like, it's not except anything for, except for except for the the climax. But it's not movie. like big things that make it stand out. Other than the, the songs that like makes the movie stand out. There's I nothing guess. too terrible here, and there's also but there's also nothing too amazing. Amazing, either. yeah. It just kind of just like, oh, oh okay, Pocahontas, sure. Uh, it's so, surprising that they thought that this was gonna be their slam dunk movie. Yeah, obviously, like it's just yeah. It's just basic, borderline, not borderline. Uh, just basic, it's basic. It's a solid, it's a solid entering the Disney renaissance. It's probably It's probably a step down from what Lion King was. Probably a big step down. Probably about a 21 step, 21 step down in stairs from Lion King was. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just not the greatest thing ever. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's not the most amazing thing ever either. Um, so I think that's really all I have to say. On. I mean, I would probably give it about a, no, not C. I'd probably just give it about a 50, because that's just the middle. A fi- I thought we were doing out of 10. Oh, out of 10. I'd probably give it, oh, sorry. A 50 probably out of get, 10. Probably, <laughs> whoops, whoops. Probably about a 5 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I'd give it a, yeah, a 6. 5. I, 5. I appreciate the music, because I appreciate the music. Are, the music, the songs are pretty good. Like, for, yeah. So... Yeah, that's it's not a bad song. It's just they're all pretty good. Yeah, they're all good. Uh, they're just wrapped in a boring movie. So, yeah, that's our review on Pocahontas. We hope you enjoyed. And Jake, close us out. So, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to go watch you at Hollywood Enterprise. Watch me at JBHG. As much as Minecraft Madness, Nostalgia Freaks, and the Movie Majors YouTube channel. We're still deciding on our topic for our two-year anniversary, but we will be we will get to. To get to that soon. Be sure to keep listening to this podcast. Be sure to keep listening to this podcast. Be check out the X Files podcast that I have with Eli Spencer. And also, be sure to tune in tomorrow, hopefully for the news for the debut of a new Spider-Man podcast. Be sure to keep an eye open for that, and, and you'll hear us real soon. soon.